Trent Cotney and John Kenny are dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal business and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar. Hey, this is Trent Cotney with Adams and Reese. And as always, I've got my partner in crime, John Kenny, CEO of Cotney Consulting. John, how are you doing? Doing great. It's glad to be here today. Um, beautiful weather, beautiful times. And we want to welcome everybody to another episode of Law and Mortar. John, we've got a lot going on this week. It just seems like the issues, whether it's from a business or a legal uh, standpoint, just keep coming. And I, I want to start off with, um, I know you were on the uh, Rupert's Coffee Shop uh, you know, podcast that we had here recently but uh, on safety. But there was a very interesting issue that came up during the, the course of the conversation. And that was dealing with, I guess, safety and HR issues as it relates to mental health. You know, obviously coming out of COVID-19, there has been a renewed interest in focusing on mental well-being, uh, mental health and all those different aspects. And I guess, you know, from my perspective, one of the things that I want to make sure that that our listeners are doing is accounting for that kind of stuff in the, in the manuals and in their training, you know, offer uh, mental well-being, mental health type toolbox talks, uh, make sure that your people um, can identify the warning signs, you know, reach out, have programs in place to help and those types of things. John, I know you're on the phone with with contractors all over the U.S. and Canada, you know, talking every day. When you're talking to them, how what kind of issues do they raise as it relates to mental health? And, and how do you think from a business perspective, uh, you know, they can help their employees? Well, definitely, you know, looking back upon this, you know, you know, we even, I know you guys discussed a little bit there, generations like myself, baby boomers, you didn't discuss mental health. There was no such thing. And looking back on that now and seeing where we're at, I, I got to say I'm in a different mindset of it. Um, I think it needs to be more open. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about the group hugs. That's really not what mental health is about, right? That's completely different. Well, but I think from an employer standpoint, um, you have to address this. And I'm finding that more contractors now are willing to address it, which uh, is important. You know, it's not just the pandemic. I think the pandemic has uh, magnified the issue. Um, you know, a lot of things come from that. We already know that there's a huge, um, you know, opioid and drug problem in the industry. We know that, right? And a lot of times that stems from mental health, you know, it's, mental health. There's a lot of people that reach out looking for help. And if you don't have your company set up that you recognize those signs, and, and I would never, and I know you from a legal standpoint would agree, I would never recommend that you become a counselor within your own company. What I recommend is you train so you can recognize these signs, early warning signs, very similar to an operator than a call center, right? And then transfer that to then have some kind of a um, system in place where you can get them to seek help. And I think that is what's important. I don't think it's an issue you want to try to delve into yourself. I think you're getting into very dangerous territory and you can do more harm than good. That That's my opinion on that. Yeah, look, I agree with you. And it's it's something that it's a good thing that, you know, people are talking more about it. And like you, you know, I, I came up from a time where you were told to suppress your emotions and work through it, walk it off. You know, that, that was, that was the old adage growing up. But, but I think, you know, having conversations about this is good. And, you know, from an employer standpoint, it's important that you've got, you know, employees that are happy, that are productive, that are efficient. 
And mental health is part of that, you know, mental well-being is part of that. So anything that you can do from an employer standpoint to encourage those types of programs, I think is, is a good thing. And there's a lot of employee assistant programs, the APs that are out there that recognize that and offer that to employees. Um, something else that, you know, my phone's been ringing off the hook lately, John, and you might have encountered some of these issues as well, but it's very interesting. There's a lot of states out there that require contractor licensing, right? Meaning that there has to be somebody that uh, you employ that has a license that allows you to do work. There are other states like Texas, for example, that don't have those requirements. And I can, t- I don't know what it is, but it seems like the last two or three weeks, I've been getting tons of emails, tons of phone calls with contractors that have either had to deal with licensing complaints or have had trouble navigating the licensing law when they want to go into a new state. You know, you and I were just talking right before we got on. I had a contractor uh, call me today, wants to start doing new home builds. He's already got, you know, 50 to 100 lined up here in Florida, but uh, is from Texas and had no idea that, you know, you need a license here, that you've got to get qualified, that you've got to go through all those things. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that I think our contractors out there that are looking to go into different jurisdictions, different states, they need to realize that before they jump in, you know, and, and start business somewhere else. And what are you seeing, John? Yeah, I've, I've had some calls in the last uh, probably couple months similar, um, not not really del- deep delving like you would get for as far as licensing issues, but I am getting uh, a lot of calls on multiple jurisdictions wanting to expand into another state or even in some states um they may not have like here in florida you know you have the contractor's license and you're pretty much good to work in the state in your trade you mean you you have to do some business registrations but there's actually some states cities and jurisdictions within that state where you've got to get almost a separate contractor license to work within your own area which really gets confusing so uh you know i'd love to see it uh be like a national uh, deal at some point to, to sim, you know, get it together, but that's never going to happen because of revenues and different building codes. But I would say, keep in mind to, I always recommend they got to do their research. Um, the worst thing you can do is not properly research it and go and put your investment to expand somewhere and find out you can't open up for so many months because you don't have a license or even worse, you start to operate and you get in some real big trouble with the jurisdiction. So um, everyone's different. I mean, I haven't seen any kind of a pattern that makes it simple. And I'm sure I, you, you can attest to that on the legal side as well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you hit on something that I think is really important. If you're planning on going to a state like California, Illinois, or Florida, or any place that has a really robust licensing you know, regulations and laws, you got to plan ahead, right? And and uh, if licensing wasn't a big enough issue, you know, the, the thing we're all facing now with material price increases is inflation. So, John, when you're talking to your contractors, what are you seeing out there? How, how much longer we got? do we have to go through this? Is there is there a light at the end of the tunnel or is it always darkest before it goes black? So, Well, you, you know, it's very interesting. I, we, we talked about this a while ago and you say, oh, man, 2022 is going to be the year. I don't think so. I, I really can't. I'm even hearing the uh, economists and that saying that inflation may level out, but to be able to see a drop, which is what you really need because it's already up, even a level, you're probably 12, 18 months out. Um, this is not really looking good. Um, prices are out of control. You can, I mean, now it's even affecting baby formula, like, you know, we're, Baby for me, the supply chain, the manufacturing, we're broke. 
I mean, when you come right down to it, everything is broken and it all needs to be fixed. It's all been exposed and it continues to bleed out, for lack of a better term. So I, I you know, and I've been talking to a lot of businesses, you need to really, and we did this before the pandemic, which we rode through it, okay, you got to scale your business. I'm not talking about fake downsizing, but you really, cash flow, you got to know your cash flow. You better be doing a cash flow analysis and you better be doing expense analysis. It's like just starting your business out now. I recommend you go through all these analysis and you get these reports on a regular basis to know where you're at. Because, what you know, example, um, you could be paying two to three times the amount for something that you used to and not realize how it creeps up in you. Electric's going up, water's good, everything is increasing. All these things affect every everybody along the way. So I sum it up, I think we're in for a long ride. I think you're looking at 12 to 18 months. Um, don't know whether it's going to get worse, don't know whether it's going to stay the same, but I don't think we're going to see an uphill ride for at least 18 months. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. I think one of the things that, um, you know, I've seen here recently is just a dramatic rise in uh, contractors that have bid projects, especially public work projects. And, you know, they, they would come out with a bid for $5 million and now it's going to take them 10, 15 million to do that same job, right? And if you're not planning ahead, if you don't have the right stuff contractually, if you're not really thinking about how to navigate inflation and price increases, you're not going to be around very long, right? And, you know, it's gotten to the point where, you know, for, forget Bitcoin, I've got a garage full of baby formula. I'm going to start selling that out of the back here pretty soon, you know? Um, so it, it's absolutely insane. I don't see it going anywhere. I think we're in it for a year plus. I think if interest rates, you know, uh, rise, then, you know, maybe it'll cool it down a little bit. But the backlog is so significant that uh, I think construction has got a long time before it's going to see any kind of downturn. So, um, John, I want to turn to your favorite part of the program. And uh, the questions. Absolutely. And this one is, is, is a good one, given especially that we are here in May. Uh, this question is from Lori, and Lori says, uh, John and Trent, um, I am interested in attending some trade shows over the summer. What would you recommend that I go to? I'm primarily interested in networking and educational opportunities. So, John, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, there's uh, an awful lot of trade shows coming up. This is the trade show season starting. Um, I know there's uh, regional trade shows, and I, I know you probably have a few more of the, the small, I don't want to say smaller, but more local regionalized. But as far as the next bigger ones, we have uh, FRSA coming up in July, which is a very big one. I think you're going to draw people from a lot of outside areas because it's the 100th year anniversary. So I think there's going to be a lot of things going on. Uh, we have Western States uh, coming up in September. And there's multiple shows in between, which I know, Trent, I'm going to kick that to you because I know you have the, the show stage. And then before we know it, IRE in uh, February in Dallas will be here. And the reason, you know, and, and don't don't rule out your local uh, groups as well. Um, you know, I mean, I've been part of forever and so have you, West Coast Roofing Contractors Association, which is just local Tampa Bay. But there's all there's probably a hundred of those around the country and they're holding meetings every month and they're very good to go to, to learn, to, you know, to integrate with networking. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you hit the nail on the head, the, the big ones, obviously, FRSA is 100th in Daytona. It's going to be huge. Um, we're both there, we're both speaking, you know, it's going to be, it's going to, I'm literally looking forward to that. 
Western States and Vegas in September. That's obviously a big one, but I'll also be at uh, TARC's um, summer conference. Uh, this, this year it's going to be in Pigeon Forge, actually at Dollywood, which is going to be great. Um, then we've got uh, the Southeast Builders Conference, big show in Orlando this year. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, I think it's in August, and I'll be speaking there. Ben Briggs will be speaking there as well. So yeah, really busy season. Uh, now's the time to get on the road. You know, networking is obviously one of the best things about going to these trade shows. I meet great people all over the U.S. and, you know, form lasting uh, friendships as a result. So, um, John, I think that we're about to the end. So I want to thank everybody for uh, making us the number one construction law podcast in the U.S. Uh, as always, if you got any questions for me, you can reach out to me, Trent Cotney at Trent dot cotney at arlaw.com or go to adamsandreese.com john how can they get you uh give me at uh, j kenny at uh, cottonyconsulting.com or you can check out the website at cottonyconsulting.com very easy great well thank you guys we'll see you soon take care now